Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, part of EP and the Enterprise Podcast Network. Joining us on the program today, we have Melanie Ho, a speaker, multimedia creator, and organizational consultant who has been described by Film Daily as one of the most empowering authors and visual artists right now. Her award-winning debut book is Beyond Leaning In, Gender Equity, and What Organizations Are Up Against. And Melanie, thanks for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. Oh, thanks so much for having you. You're more than welcome. Our pleasure to have you with us. So for starters, you wrote Beyond Leaning In as a novel. Why did you choose that format and how did it help you make your points real clear? Yeah, so Beyond Leaning In is a business book. It's based in research, but it is told as a novel about a baby boomer CEO named Deborah. She has smashed all those glass ceilings. She has fought for women across her career. And so she's a bit puzzled when she finds that women at... Uh, younger generations, some of the women in their 30s, early 40s who are advancing into leadership positions are quitting at higher rates than the men on her team and are scoring lower on the engagement survey. And so the book is a little bit of a mystery story. We go back and forth between the perspectives of male characters, female characters across generations, across the organizational chart, up and down the ladder to try to understand what's going on and so that Deborah and her company can evolve how they think about gender issues. And I I picked this format because I felt like there was so much great research out there about all of the challenges women face at work that have nothing to do with just leaning in. I think that's important. Often women do need more confidence, need to take their seats at the table. But it felt to me like so much of the discourse about gender at work was really limited to talking about leaning in and that all the great research out there on other factors was getting ignored. And I hoped that by writing the book as a novel, people would get engaged in the story, want to keep reading, want to dive into what otherwise might feel like dry research. Well, I tell you what, it was a brilliant move on your part, and I'm sure you're making your points really, really clear under that format. Now, what are some of the challenges that make it harder for women to lean in? So I talk a lot about what I call the mental autocomplete. And I think of this as a little bit of a different way of thinking about unconscious bias. It was a concept that came to me a while back when the iPhone first rolled out the concept of um, autocomplete emojis, right? So you type in happy when you're texting someone and a happy face appears. And I noticed that when you type in, when you typed in CEO or when you typed in doctor, a male emoji appeared no matter what. And it really got me thinking about how we have these mental autocompletes that are a lot like the ones on our phones or on our computers. We just have all of this programming by which from really birth, right, through what we see on TV, through how we talk about people of different genders, through how kids are socialized on the playground, men are expected and thought of certain ways and women are expected and thought of certain ways. And so across my book, you see all these examples. For example, we meet these two characters named Haley and Chad. They're both marketing managers. Haley is actually better at data. We see a scene where Chad and Haley are giving presentations related to data and and Haley just more convincing, more thoughtful. Chad's doing fine, but Haley's stronger. And yet when their manager introduces them to people, 
he introduces them by saying things like, hey, this is Chad. He's great with data. Haley's the glue of the office. She's got an infectious smile. Throughout the book, we notice all these places where men and women are talked about differently. And what I hope people understand is that that's not due to bad intent. It's just that we have these autocompletes just like the iPhone. We're programmed a certain way, and we have to take the effort to stop it. Well, your examples shared certainly make it easier to understand how it really is. Now, you write a lot about male allyship and its role in the workplace. Can you explain a little bit more about why it's an important issue as well? One thing that I noticed, and as I interviewed women across industries, was that many organizations have these women in leadership efforts, and they're meant to close gender gaps in terms of representation and equity and inclusion. And yet, these women in leadership initiatives are primarily women talking to one another. I think that space is so important. Women do need to support one another and help each other make sense of their experiences and the biases they face. And yet we are not going to solve the problem by just having women talk to one another. And so for me, it was really important to have male readers feel like my book could help them as well. That's why several of the characters whose points of view we approach throughout the book are actually male characters of different generations. Uh, One of my favorite concepts I talk about is what I call points versus assists, uh, using a metaphor from basketball. When I was a kid, I would watch games on TV with my dad, and he would explain to me that if you look at the player's stats, you can see the points that they each score, but you could also see the assists that they made, and that actually a team can't win without the assists, and yet we have a very individualistic culture that rewards the points and kind of ignores the assists. And as I made my way through the workplace, that was something I constantly noticed as well, was that men are often socialized to care about the points, say, in how they behave in a meeting. And women are often socialized to care more about the assists. And so in a meeting that can look like for points, raising your hand or just speaking out and saying, hey, I have this idea, this is my contribution. Maybe even, if you're supposed to be asking a question, taking a statement, your opinion, and rephrasing it as a question. Women are often socialized to the assist. And that can mean something like, hey, Haley had a great idea. Uh, We were talking about it earlier. Why don't we let her talk? Or it can mean something like, hey, I know that you actually disagree with this, um, but it would be helpful for us to get all the viewpoints. Can you chime in with that disagreement? The assist is about amplifying and focusing on the organization's collective aims. Both are needed. And yet, because men and women are socialized differently, not only do we have men often participating more with points, but we have organizational cultures that value points often at the expense of assists, which is where we get into meetings where people are jockeying to be heard or competing for airtime and things like that. Melody, certainly have appreciated your visit with us so far. Some great insights shared as well today. We're speaking with Melanie Ho, a speaker, multimedia creator, and organizational consultant who has been described by Film Day as one of the most empowering authors and visual artists right now. Her award-winning debut book is Beyond Leaning In, Gender Equity, and What Organizations Are Up Against here on Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, Melanie, continuing on, how did your career influence the book and your work? 
I started my career actually teaching literature at UCLA while getting my PhD in English, taught literature, visual culture, a few leadership classes here and there through our undergrad civic uh, engagement minor. And then kind of um, made a hard pivot <laughs> into the business world where I spent 12 years climbing the corporate ladder at an education technology and services firm here in Washington, D.C. And so I really think of the book, I also draw a lot of comics based on the book, as really bringing together those experiences, taking what I learned in the business world, advancing the corporate ladder, seeing the challenges women were facing around me, but also thinking about what I learned as a PhD student, that my dissertation was called Useful Fiction and was actually about the novel in the early 20th century as a type of self-help for professionals who were trying to figure out and navigate their way through a, a very, much like today, confusing and fast-changing world. And I have no doubt you could share a whole lot more on that question, but uh, thanks for what you did share. I really appreciate it. What are some of the key steps individuals and organizations can do to ensure that all employees thrive? Talk to us about that. My goal is to help organizations think about things in a systemic manner and to think about what all the different points of intervention make. And I'll give a quick example. I have a comic called The Cupcake Trap. And it shows a promotion memo I drew. It compares two employees, Mike and Mara. They're both promoted to the same position, analytics manager. But in the memo, Mike is promoted. It says, hey, Mike's been promoted. Great job. You know, he brought in $5 million of revenue in the last year. And Mara was promoted. She's a great work ethic and great baking skills. And I, I won't go into the details of the comic where a lot of what I talk about is, well, why this actually matters. And it matters because people remember Mike for the revenues and Mara for the cupcakes, even people who haven't met any either of them. That's sort of their association with the two of them. But if we actually look at why this happens, then we can start to tease out all the points of intervention. Okay, it happened because, first of all, whoever sent this memo maybe could have used a bias check, a uh, second person reading it, maybe a checklist, those exist. Um, second, the managers who gave the paragraphs about Mike and Mara to the person writing the memo. Well, maybe Mike brought in $5 million of revenue yesterday and Mara brought in $6 million, but it was six months ago. No one remembers that. Yesterday, she brought in cupcakes. So to combat recency bias, we can give managers tools to keep track of their employees' accomplishments across any given year. Okay, well, maybe Mara brought in the cupcakes all the time to meetings because she was socialized to think about team engagement and dynamics. And it's never even occurred to Mike. So maybe what we can do then is have almost like a chore chart, right? And for every single meeting where it makes sense to have snacks, have people rotate who brings them. And if we just take this one example that might seem small and actually go and think about what are all the things that leads, it doesn't take long. I've had teams do this in literally five minutes. They can actually map out all the things that led to this one memo. Then we can actually tackle it at a systemic level and try to find all of the root causes. Melanie, again, we really appreciate your visit with us here today. And again, you're the author of the new book, Beyond Leaning In, Gender Equity and What Organizations Are Up Against. Before you go in conclusion, any closing thoughts, a final word or a takeaway or tip or anything else you'd like to share along the lines of our conversation today? 
Uh, well, I hope people will check out my comics. I draw a lot of comics based on scenes in my book. Uh, you can find them on my website, www.melanieho.com, or on my Instagram, melanieho13. And I actually think they're just a very fast and quick way to learn about some of the key concepts. I think often people feel overwhelmed by the idea of any kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion learning. And I encourage people to go deep, but also there are some ways to just quickly learn about new concepts. And that is certainly a great resource as well. Again, folks, for more information, visit MelanieHo.com. This link will be included within the show notes of this broadcast. Melanie, all the best, and thanks for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And thank you and you as well. We've been speaking with Melanie Ho, a speaker, multimedia creator, and organizational consultant. Once again, who has been described by Film Daily as one of the most empowering authors and visual artists right now. Her award-winning debut book is Beyond Leaning In, Gender Equity and What Organizations Are Up Against. And for all the details, visit MelanieHo.com. And this is Eric Dye, and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune in to our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio, as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.